Welcome to this very, very special episode of Fright Night Minute with Jonathan Stark. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, very, very special. Wow, I, I'm, you made my day. <laughs> I think our first question will be just to ask you, how was the audition for Billy Cole? Uh, how did you hear about it? How did you get into it? Well, I was in an uh, improv group called The Groundlings for a long time in L.A., and I quit The Groundlings because I wanted to do theater, so I, I got a, a part in a uh, little theater. It, it was just a little play, you know, maybe a, I don't know, a 60-seat theater or something like that. And Jackie Birch came to it. And I didn't know Jackie. I had heard there was a casting director there, and I didn't, you know, I didn't meet her or anything. And there, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's great. Gosh, okay, well, maybe someday I'll meet her. So all of a sudden, I get I get a call, you know, to come in and audition for this show. And, I, and my agent said, yeah, you got she called, you know, I was like, okay, I'll go in. What, what is it? And they told me what it is. And I said, oh, that's cool. Cause I'm kind of a horror fan myself. I went in, but I read the part and it was like this big guy it was this big guy. Now I'm tall, but I'm not like, you know, muscle. It's not all muscle. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? So I put like five shirts on and I put three pairs of socks in the bottom of my uh, shoes to make myself taller and bigger, you know? And I go in and I'm sitting there with, you know, there's all kinds of different guys sitting in there. And um, when I read the script, I thought, well, what can I do that's unique? Because that's kind of what you want to come up with, something that's unique. So I thought, well, let's see, the scene where I have to put off the detective, I don't want to be evil. I mean, because if I was the detective and I saw and a guy was like, yes, I, I think he's guilty. Right. So, well, then maybe I should do the opposite of that. I should kind of just make it make I could should humiliate um, um, Charlie and, and make him feel like an idiot and just make fun of him. You know, so I thought, well, that's what I'll do. You know, so I went in and did that and I did the scene pretty much, you know, the way you saw it. I mean, I was like goofing around and make my eyes go like and I was doing this and everything. You know, I, I think I, I can't remember if Tom was there or not or if I went back. Maybe it was just for Jackie. And Nancy Nair, her assistant, I don't remember. Anyway, whatever I did, I got a call and said, oh, they really love you. In fact, you're, you're, you're it. I was like, oh, my God. So when do I start? They're, well, you know, they're still casting. You got about, you got a while to go. So I didn't hear anything for one month, and then like two months. And in Hollywood, if you don't hear anything, the chances start to, you know, really go down as to that you've got the part. So I'm calling Jackie, and I'm like, Jack, come on, tell me, Jack. She's like, no, you're still, you're still there. And I said, but, you know, they're, they're casting all this. So finally, you know, she called me. She said, yep, you got it. And it was my first, uh, I think it was my first film role. I mean, I'd done some TV before that, but it's my first film role. So I was, you know, I was thrilled, especially to get to play. I mean, to play a mean guy is really fun, you know? Look, every actor has a little bit of everybody inside them, and I'm sure that I have that guy inside me somewhere. But I'm not that guy, you know, but it's fun to really. And and the one thing I loved about playing with Bill Ragsdale was he was great playing opposite. And the one thing I want to do, I I used the character that I grew up with. I was bullied in in school by this one guy in the playground. And that's who I that's who I pretended I was. I was that guy. And I just bullied Billy in the scene where he's with everybody and he starts to walk away. And I just stand in his way and look at that's that's the bully on my playground, you know. 
did you kind of do the method thing where you tried to scare maybe uh, Bill Ragsdale on set, or yeah. you, were you all just friends? We out, in fact, it, in fact, we would all when we get together, we'd start laughing so hard. This is so funny, and Bill hysterical, and we would, uh, you know, Amanda too. She's, I mean, everybody's great. When when Bill and I and 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 Chris were together, we would be laughing so hard and making jokes and. We had this weird kind of runner that we were trying to find a stage name for Bill Ragsdale, and we would come up with the name Bob Head. I don't know how that came up, but we start laughing so hard, and then Tom would be like, "Ah, come on, you guys, come on, we're gonna tap, roll camera, okay." So then we'd have to just go. Psh. So every scene that you see, look at me and and Chris together, that's evil. Five seconds before that, we were laughing our asses off. <laughs> and that's so funny that years later he's starring in a show called Herman's Head. Yeah, he's really funny. Billy's Billy's great. You know, coming from the improv background with the Groundlings, were you able to do any sort of improv on the set, or was it kind of stuck to the script? No, I mean, I kind of stuck to the script. I mean, other than that scene, you know, where where the, the, the detectives there, that was kind of my improv that that ended up being part of the script. Really, <laughs> I don't know if Tom ever actually wrote it in or not, but but um, that that I improvised the audition. That's pretty much what I used. I think the scene where I said, uh, Jerry's coming down the stairs, and instead of saying, uh, Jerry, they're here, I just said, Jer, you know, because I figured, well, you know, we know each other. Why wouldn't yeah. we be friends? I'd say, Jer, you know. <laughs> it's really funny to have a vampire named Jerry or just Jer. <laughs> Wasn't that in the uh, second Fright Night? Somebody said his name is Jerry. How bad a vampire can he be? Didn't they do that in the, in the remake? I think I remember that, yeah. He said his name is Jerry, and they go, a vampire named Jerry? I thought it was actually very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny how you were talking about how you got the inspiration from a bully because i don't know i that that might have been the thing that uh triggered my personal fear of billy when i was younger and saw this movie i remember actually uh being scared of your character as well as you know chris's character you can't play evil as an actor you have to figure out what what do you want to play Mm -hmm. and mine's just like i'm just i'm his protector and i'll bully anybody else into submission you know that, that makes me reflect on my own childhood because you were afraid of him. And I'm like relating to the guy like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely had a different kind of fear of Billy. I mean, Jerry was the, you know, dark, seductive, super strong vampire, whereas Billy was unhinged. I you never knew what to expect from him. Yeah, I, I, he's probably as unhinged as I am. The, the fact is, you know, when we, Chris and I did a lot of, we, we were had the the luxury of having, I think, two weeks of preparation before we even did the film. And Tom, we were on a stage at the Culver Studios. That's where we shot most of it, on, at the indoor stuff. And Tom taped off the whole set, the whole house. And we got to work through it. And then Chris and I would sit down and, and we wrote just reams and reams of paper about like our relationship, how long we've known each other. And the funny thing about that is not once did we ever did was there ever anything brought up about a gay relationship. And and people, right. you know, go to the things and the Q and A's and and they'll go, Yeah, we thought this. I said, Well, you know, maybe, I don't know, but that was never in my mind. But that's fine if you want to think it, I don't care. The one thing that probably prompted that is there's a scene when I'm washing Chris's hand. Tom goes, Well, go over there and wash his hand. I said, Okay, well, okay, so I do that. And he goes, Here, get down on your knees. I'm like Okay. I wash his hands. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, Tom. <laughs> now, oh, I know what you wanted. And I was like, 
we had a good laugh of it. But like I said, it, it didn't matter to me what the relationship was. Whatever anybody wants to make of it is fine with me. Sure. Now, because you wrote reams of paper on their backstory, can you give us some brief, what do you think, like how long the two of you had been together and all of that sort of thing? Well, you know, it's funny. I just found that notebook like a year ago and I threw it out, so I don't have it. But, uh. Uh, but uh, I remember that it, we had gone back like 800 years or something like that. And, you know, that we were that he was new or married or something to, to the person that looked like Amy. I think he was with the person. I don't know. I think when you look back on it, it maybe it wasn't a gay relationship because he was totally into the Amy character. Yeah, he was. Bi, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was that, you know, I honestly, gosh, I, I wish I would have kept that stuff. But I, I don't remember too much more about what we had written. We're a minute-by-minute podcast, so we love to analyze every single bit of this movie and and look into what we think might be the backstories of some of these characters. One of the things that we noticed was the ring. We're always looking at the ring that Jerry has on his uh, long extendo fingers, and if that's like a, a family crest or something like that. I never noticed the ring. I mean, I knew he had a ring on, but I never really looked at it that carefully. But if you talk to Chris, I'm sure he will be able to tell you about it. Or Tom would, absolutely. I mean, if he suggested that it was on there, I'm sure he knew what it was about. That's that's the thing. I mean, you guys see so much more in the movie than I do. I've always been a huge, huge fan of this movie uh, right from the moment it came out. Um, but this is the first time that I've really been forced to nerd out about it. Um, <laughs> and it's been fun. Yeah. Um, when, when they screened the movie at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, I didn't go. I thought, man, if I suck, this is going to be the most horrible experience of my life. So I left town. I went back east to visit friends in New York. Uh, when it came out, you know, you know, people called me and said, you know, it's, it's really good. And I said, and I, but I'm not bad at it. No, 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 no. You're, you're great. You got to go see it. So I was in New York and my friends go, OK, we got to go to 42nd Street and see it. Because that's what, and this was back in the mid 80s when it was not the Disney. It is now. It was pretty yeah. rough. Burning <laughs> barrels and horrors, right? Yeah, and that audience was so into it. Oh, my God. They're like, Billy Cole, he's awake. You know, when he stand, he's awake. Get out of there. It was like the best place I could have. I mean, I so was happy I saw it there as opposed to, the, you know, Hollywood crowd that's like, oh, yeah, it's very nice, very nice. And that's better because you're just seeing it with a bunch of horror fans. So what was it like on set? Where you, Did you spend a lot of time with Chris kind of going over your roles? I mean, was it more of a relaxed thing? You know, we did all the work beforehand. And then when it was time to shoot, we just laughed. I mean, you know, it really wasn't like, I mean, I can't say how Chris prepares, but all I can say is on that particular thing, we just hung out and then it was like roll camera and we were like, okay, now we're, wow, we're the characters. I was never, I've never been a big believer in, you know, the the method so much. It's not, it's not my style. It's, uh, I just kind of figure out who it is. And, and, and when they say roll film, that's, that's who I am, you know? Okay, so starting right at the beginning of the movie, you're carrying a coffin with Jerry, mm-hmm. and it looks like you're like having a hard time with it, and he's just walking with one hand. I, you know, the other hand I swear is in just like a, a pocket. Uh, was the coffin heavy at all, or was it re- like cardboard to it, lift? It was or? real. It was a real coffin from the 17th century. Oh, wow. From the 17th century, it was a real coffin. And it was heavy. It was wood. Um, they didn't put anything in it. And I, th- and I think what you saw was exactly right. I, uh, we wanted Chris to be hardly putting any effort into it. And of course, I was, I was not really a vampire or whatever I was. I don't know. I was actually carrying it. So it wasn't, uh, it was exactly what you saw. Yeah. Jerry's flying down from the roof. He lands and he throws this uh, purse to you to get rid of. I'm assuming that it was 
kind of shot in reverse. It was such a perfect catch. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't even my hand. <laughs> that <wasn't laughs> really? Even, that's like, you know, all right, go home because we have to pay you uh, golden time if you're here too long. So somebody stood in and put the outfit on and did that. So wow, it looks like a reverse shot to me, though, yeah. Right. Speaking of paying you for golden time, how hard was it to work around? We heard William Ragsdale hurt his, uh, broke his foot, right, on, on, on the set? Yeah. How hard was it to work around that? Well, the, the funny, that was right around the holidays sometime in December, and uh, all of a sudden I got this letter uh, because, you know, it was before email or anything. So I get a letter, and it says uh, something about your services are something about, I don't know what it was, suspended or because of force majeure. I had no idea what oh, force wow. majeure was, and I thought <laughs> I'd been fired. I mean, I literally fell on the floor and was like, oh, my God, I sucked. I was so bad. I call my agent. He's like, no, no, they, some Billy Ragsdale broke his foot, and you're, you know, you're just off until probably after the holidays. It, you know, I didn't have to work around stuff so much. I'm sure Tom and Chris, because I was in and out of the movie. I wasn't there as much as pretty much everybody else. You know, you just wait for a call and say, yeah, here's your days you're coming in. And, you know, I'd show up and that well, that's what I did. Earned my paycheck. Right. And believe me, I needed the money at the time. So I was very happy. And the funny thing is, I've earned so much more from the conventions than I ever did on the original film. Sure. I'm sure we all did. Yeah. And our listeners won't see this, but what I'm noticing over the video Skype is on the wall behind you, you have a wall of clocks, much like in uh, Jerry's hallway. <laughs> I, I haven't done it for a long time, but I fix old clocks, like electric ones, and I they're all kind of got different themes and stuff like that. I've done that for a long time, and those are the ones that I, I have some of the garage to, but those are the ones I kind of displayed. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, were you able to, uh, one thought led to another, were you able to keep any anything from the movie? Did you end up taking anything with you? I did. Well, I still have a complete script, that my script with lines or thoughts, and it's got all the shooting dates, the locations. It's even got the uh, everybody's names, phone numbers and addresses. And I, I'm going to sell it. I'm probably going to sell it because I don't really have any use for it anymore. I mean, I'll have to take, obviously, the names and addresses out, but I, I, they're probably not even the real names. I mean, they're probably, it's so old, they're probably only yeah, lived there anymore. Yeah. But um, I did get the uh, the skull at the end after I melt and the skull goes shooting across the... Right. And, and I said to the guys, can I have that? And uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, take it. So I had it in my apartment probably in the early 90s. And a girlfriend of mine was like, she's like, no, no, that cannot sit here in this apartment. you got to get, got to put it. I put it in a box and I just carried it around me and it sat in the garage, my garage for years. And <clears throat> I told Tom about it. And Tom was like, oh, no, I want it. I want it. So. <laughs> I had to I had to root through all the boxes in the garage uh, to find it, so I gave it to him. So he's the he's the keeper of that. Sure. Oh, before I met my wife, my entire house had all the memorabilia and fun stuff I wanted. Now it's right behind me in this office. That's it. <laughs> have you Have you guys spoken to Amanda yet? Uh, not on this. No. Oh well. Well, you know, Amanda, we were at a a horror con, and and she brings out these uh, latex breasts. And I'm like, what the hell is that? She's like, oh, these were the breasts. These were my boobs and the thing because they wanted to make my boobs bigger. I was like, so she puts them on the table and sells them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's just too creepy to think of who's got them. But, you know, right, somebody right. does. Speaking of makeup, I did want to talk to you about Billy's death scene where he gets uh, shot in the head. Yeah. And they had that whole tragic accident that happened on the Crow set. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had makeup on my head, and, and then they had a squib on my head and then put makeup over that. So it just blew outward. 
the, the funny thing about that scene, though, I mean, that would be a good scene to talk about minute by minute because I know a lot about that scene. But a couple of things. I, if you notice, I have one eye that's cockeyed and one eye that's normal. Yeah. Both eyes were originally cockeyed, but I couldn't get up the steps because I was totally blind. So every time I start going up the steps, I'd trip. So I, I just could not do it. So Tom said, all right, take one out. So I've got one normal eye and one cockeyed eye. I'm sure you've heard the stories about those those uh, uh, contacts we had. They were nightmares because they would, you know, the contacts now are a lot different. Yeah. But then they were glass and they had to sand them down. And sometimes they didn't sand them down too much. And you couldn't put them in your eyes too long because they were very painful. And I know, like, I, I was had, I think, the least amount of contacts. Stephen and, and Amanda were really, uh, had a lot of that stuff. But um, I got shot in the head. And then in the same day, they put the, they do the scene where they put the, he puts the stake in me. So, of course, you know, the shot, you see him do it. And then you see the shot of the stake in me. The, the stake is really just a band they tied around my middle. And I've got the stake sticking out of me and the, the, the blood coming down here. And they go, okay, lunch. I'm going to lunch. And, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just go get lunch at the at the cafeteria over at, at, at yeah. Okay. We're like, I already have steak here, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here I am sitting at this table trying to eat lunch with a steak sticking out of my chest. And it was very, um, it was very difficult, to say the least. <laughs> Those have to be moments in your life as an actor where you think, what the hell am I? What is this? This is yeah. real life. I mean, it was kind of cool. I mean, everybody was looking at me, you know, and, and <laughs> you're in the studio, they know what you're doing. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was kind of uh, kind of interesting to sit there and just eat lunch, have a conversation with a with a bullet hole in it and <laughs> out of my chest. <laughs> when Billy actually lifts Peter over his head, was there a like a Roddy doll that you had? I think <laughs> you had to lift? I believe it was, you know, there's a series of cuts there too. So, yeah. uh, it, I, th- I believe it was a dummy. I, I and I, I don't remember too much about it, but I think it was lifted up over my head and then Billy does the, the stake. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, what was it like, uh, shooting the whole melting head sequence? I mean, some of that was blue screened in, right? Right. I mean, Richard Edlund, who it's interesting, Richard Edlund, I were about a year before that I was working at boss films and as a receptionist when they're making Ghostbusters, you know, because at one point I thought I wanted to be a special effects person. And then I, I kind of soured on that because a couple of the person that worked there, that was my boss, I hated. So I just I left. <laughs> but my job was basically like it was before cell phones. So people would call up and I go like, you know, Neo crap line four, you know, or, or something like that. So I hated it. So I left. Anyway, Richard Edlin came back and yeah. I was like, oh, Richard, I worked as your receptionist. He was like, yeah, OK, whatever. So Richard Edlund shot a plate of the, of the background, and then you see me up until the point, you know, there's a cut where you, you obviously, I mean, you can tell it's the fake thing, but I, I had to go into this place in Santa Monica. It was a warehouse way over in Santa Monica, and they wired up all these things through my head. It was Carol syrup. The blood was Carol syrup, and then the, the green stuff, I, I don't know what that was, but it was just... I, I would probably did that for two or three hours, you know, just just going, Rah, you know, and the stuff coming down. <laughs> they're they're done, finally done, and I got this carol syrup down the front, and I it's like pulling the hair on my chest, and it's, it's very sticky. And I said, okay, just take me, show me where the shower is, and they're like, oh man, dude, shower's broken, uh, plumbing's gone, having <laughs> water. I was like, are you serious? Oh man! Oh, my God. So I so I was like, okay, so I get in my car. I've got to drive home. I'm on the 10 freeway driving home and I'm seeing I'm almost out of gas and I have to stop for gas. 
<laughs> so I go into the gas station and I'm thinking I'm not going to go out and self pump because I'm gonna, anybody can see me. So I wait there. The guy comes out and he looks in the thing like this and his eyes go like this and and and, and he go but he goes and he pumps it, you know. And then I just take off and I see him in the in the window on the phone and I'm thinking he right. must be saying this guy must be a serial killer. <laughs> But uh, it was it was a long kind of arduous and really you know that kind of stuff and plus they had to do a uh, a, a whole face mask of me the, whatever they call it plaster they, cast yeah plaster cast with just straws through my nose it really kind of freaked me out it was really hard to do so that process of doing that stuff is really hard I mean it's so much easier now with CGI although I I don't know if the thing would be the same if it was CGI you know if it'd be quite as interesting. You know. Yeah, I don't think so. I miss I miss seeing practical effects. Uh, yeah, me too. Actually, I like horror films too. I'm a big horror film fan, and and uh, I do like see I like practical effects as well. Uh, give us some of your favorite horror movies. What, what are some uh, of the ones that uh, you know? So I started out watching. There was an old theater in our in Erie, where I'm from, Erie, Pennsylvania, and it was kind of run down. But they'd show on Saturdays. They'd show three Hammer films all in a row. So my mother would take like four of us downtown drop us off at, at like 10 and pick yeah. us up at five. And that was like, and we'd watch three hammer films. So I got to see all the old hammer films, you yeah. know, and my, my buddy and I, we, we, he's a big hammer film fan. Too, so we, we kind of, we kind of watch those every once in a while. You must've yeah. been amazed walking into that, that set for the first time. Cause uh, the, the whole hallway and the stairway looks just like it is one of those old films. Yeah. It's amazing, you know, the outside stuff and the inside stuff. Between the time, you know, the uh, detective knocking on the door, when you're looking at him, and then you're turned, the camera's turned around, to me, is three months between each shot. Because that was all out, that was all inside, and then they did outside. You know, at Disney, they did that at the Disney Studios. They, they actually had a, a little village back there at the time. Now it's just corporation they knocked it all down it's a big corporate building but it was a little it, it was a little town back there and right next to charlie's house there's a schoolhouse you can see in the back right next to charlie but it was actually a church yeah so yeah. it can't be a church they would never move that place. <laughs> right so they had to change it and then right next door to that was the set from something wicked this way comes the down the, the little town from that so i was i was thrilled i, I mean i love that stuff you know so what is uh, one of your favorite scenes in the movie I really like the stuff with the bat and Roddy, you know, when all that's happening and, and the bat flying away. And I'm, I'm friends with Randy Cook, who was the, the basically the bat, uh, the special effects <laughs> guy, and he was the hand of the bat. And uh, they had a lot of trouble with that bat, I do remember. But I do love the scene. I mean, I love the dance. I love the discotheque scene, too. But the only scene I really hated was reminded me of there's a scene where after the discotheque, there's a Jeep and the Jeep's driving away. And yeah. I was going, <laughs> well, I was there all night waiting for that scene. And it was almost daylight. And I had spent the whole night staying away because you can't sleep if you've got to go do something, you know. And literally, you can't even see me. I'm driving, but you see the back of my head. And I'm sitting there going, like, I spent the whole night sitting in my trailer waiting for this scene. And that's all I'm in. That's so funny because we were spending some time looking through all your scenes and that was one that came up and I was like, oh, he's probably not in that one. In the back of my head. <laughs> you kind of referenced the sequel. Did you, you saw the sequel? Did, what did you think of that and the, the remake? I, I called up Bill Ragsdale because Bill was living here at the time and I said, Bill, come on, we're going to go see the sequel. We go over to the movie theater and I don't know, we've been playing a, a, a week and maybe a couple weeks. We walk in, we're the only ones there. I'm thinking, this is not, not a very good sign. 
and they're just taking down the posters we're going in so i think it was the last day they were doing it you know i mean we watched it i there was some good there was some good stuff in it i i didn't care that my character wasn't it didn't bother me at all and i love i mean colin farrell's like i love him i think he's in bridges is i mean come on he's amazing that's a great movie yeah Yeah. and it was okay i didn't love the peter vincent character very much it was really it's like Arthur, remember Arthur in those movies? Movie <laughs> yeah, right. Reminded me of that. I was like, that's not the care. That's not the 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 essence of this guy at all. But you know, it, it is what it is. But I do remember <clears throat> Billy and I sitting there, and when we saw Chris, we were like, woohoo! Yeah. You know, when he came on, you know, that was cool. I mean, I thought there was some good stuff. I did like the ending a lot. I thought the ending was really cool with all the people coming out of the dirt underneath the house and everything. I thought it was pretty cool. Now, did you ever see the sequel, the one that starred uh, William Ragsdale and Roddy McDowell? I'm sure I must have. It was it was really so forgettable that I just I don't remember it. I used to I used to kid Billy about it, but you know I guess it was okay. I just I don't remember anything about it. And then I heard there was a like a another sequel, and then I heard there was one that came out probably in the last five years or so too. I don't I don't I've never seen that. There's the sequel, and then there's the remake, and then there's the sequel to the remake, which I think was produced, like, not in this country. (laughs) And I think there's, like, an Indian remake as well. Oh, I'd like to see that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like a Bollywood version? (laughs) I don't know if it's straight Bollywood. (laughs) That would be great, though. I can find that. (laughs) Now, I have to have your uh, reaction on this theory I've been running on the show. We call it the Quint Theory. And it basically revolves around the fact that Dorothy Fielding uh, was in a deleted scene in Jaws in which uh, Quint goes to this music shop and she's there working and she there's this uh, young boy playing an oboe. I have this theory that that young boy was uh, Quint's uh, son. Well, Quint gets eaten. So Judy and Charlie then pack up and move to to Iowa. I can't imagine Tom. I've never heard Tom say that, so <laughs> I don't. I don't think I, I. I want to hear what Tom says when you tell him that. Right, right. I never thought of that. I don't know. <laughs> Dorothy Fielding was great. I thought she was so good in the movie. Yeah, she was just so ditzy, but but I just and she was just a nice person too. I remember that. And what about uh, working with Roddy McDowell? I've heard that he shot a lot of film uh, during the filming. Roddy was shooting a lot of film. He had one of those camcorders at the time that, you know, the one on the shoulder and the and the little backpack kind of thing where he, he shot a lot of, of, of video. And nobody can find it. You know, it's just nobody can find it. Uh, th- th- there's a possibility Bill Ragsdale thinks it might be somewhere in Boston at a university because there's some university that everything was given to that. But we yeah. have really pursued it. We've always looked for that stuff, and nobody knows what happened to it. But Roddy was a wonderful man, and he was one of those guys that he didn't have to work 100%, but he worked 110%. Although I didn't do that much with him, I did have time when we were down, and he would just start telling stuff about Hollywood, about old Hollywood. And it was just so amazing, and he was a great storyteller. And I said to him, Roddy, I said, Roddy, you should write a book. And he goes, oh, no. They burned this place down. <laughs> he, he, he knew where all the skeletons were buried. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to share. I, I thank you for sharing your time with us here today. Well, I, you know, thank you guys. And, and, and really, and thanks to all those fans and those people that come up to me at, at the cons, because I, I love to talk to them. And, you know, at, the first time I did a con, I thought, 
I don't know. I wonder if these people are weird. And they're not at all. I mean, they're they're so nice. I'm really I'm honored that that you that you all you guys all love this film. We we never thought that it would be what it is. And it's all of you guys that that have made it that you know. And I'm thrilled that it's that you yeah. know. He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool.